Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 140. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Knutin is done for the night. He's going he's gonna to go walk the ramparts and bask in the glory of his, his little fortress here. And Glamour says, you two look like you could use a drink. I was just going to ask for that. That would be wonderful. Thank you. And so Glamour suggests perhaps not in the tavern, though, as there may still be some dwarves who are a little riled up. You know, sometimes I have to affect people. Lead the way. So Glamour invites you to their quarters, which are nicer than yours. You're just staying at, like, little traveler shack with yeah. the... With the straw bed. Glimmer actually has like a room with a bed and a little table. Do you just like keep an apartment here? Glimmer tells you that these quarters were provided to them during their stay here in this element. But they've been here for a few months now and yeah, they've seen about all there is to see. A scenic unstunden. So how are things topside then? Is it worth a visit? Uh, I'm going to let have that be formal. I feel like Trick's not a lot of yakking. He does need to have a drink and just calm down. Oh, to chat? Oh, sure. Uh, you can roll to recover strength. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's the form it's taking for Shrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he doesn't talk about Dwarves Lord every day. Do I want a different thing? Do I Should I come up with something different for Second Wind every time? That's a lot to do. Well, you just focus on something that's calming you down or something that's interesting. That's true. Like talking to an interesting new person. That's experience. <laughs> <laughs> this this is also an experience. This is an experience. Everything is an experience. What sort of things are you interested in seeing? All things that make a good tale. Well, as so far, we've encountered some undead in the bog. And so I heard uh, an epic battle it was. Well, an alliance of... To be honest, at the beginning, I mostly just screamed. Oh, that's not entirely true, Heba. You, you swung that staff precision. Yep. I swung the staff, and Trick Manu jumped out of the water, and... And the rest of the Elvish army, what did they do? The rest, it was... Army, there's maybe a language, cultural barrier here. The, the Elvish party, which consisted of us. Oh, yeah, it was just Trick Manu and myself. And and the Saurian contingent, how vast... One of their Saurian. finest hunters and negotiators, Hizisk. Leader of her own pack. She's yes, got one of she... the finest augers, and that's one. To be honest, we don't completely understand her. <laughs> Mysterious historians are. I don't know if you've ever met one. Trick Manu seems to have a way of negotiating with her with bartering me and... Uh, short and scaly, fingers. fond of pork. <laughs> like, I feel like I just need to relax, but... <laughs> if he ever gets uh, second wind, that's what always it's like. Some quip on his species. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, what else is up there that would be interesting? And what was the scale of the human involvement in this great war? The, um, Kachin? The, oh, there was David one human. 
So this is grand three race alliance. One, uh, I don't want to call him a noble hermit, but well, I don't know about alliance because Zisk was definitely. Yeah. I don't want to say gunning because even though that's the word I want to use, that's not what Hepha was saying. I don't know. Aiming. She she definitely had a problem with him. He's a, a tenuous truce between this Orient and if you will. I think she believes he's dead because of something Trick Manu told her. That's, she doesn't need to worry about it. She doesn't need to worry about it anymore. So yes, there's the box. There's iron. There's the bog iron. You can see that. A lot of water. There are some things to be found in the water from the battle. Of course, you know of the battle that transpired there. Not this grand skirmish you're talking about. No, no, no. The battle with... This was the battle with the undead, right? Or no, that's the battle that caused the undead. I don't, re- I don't remember what this battle. Yeah, many battles have taken place over the swamp, and over time, they've left there more than their memories in the landscape. Yeah. Shields, halberds, all manner of detritus, undead. Apparently, necromancers were felled in that fen. But we haven't gotten that far. We mostly came from the forest. Well, are we in the forest still? No, there's no trees You're here. In a cave so now. This is not the forest. I mean, under. Um, well... And then we did get a little lost, so this wasn't quite the way we meant to go first. Uh, we took a detour. We visited upon some, some moonshiners in the hills. I don't know if you've met upon them. Some humans brewing their own concoction. Although you might not want to drink it for two reasons. One being the moonshine itself, and two being the water it's derived from. I mean, yeah, that's... Not too much new up in the forest, I don't think, as far as you know. But if you feel as if it's a better story to tell, that there was an army of elves and an army of humans fighting the undead... Look, if we just said there was a, a quick skirmish between two elves, two zombies, the Saurian, and human, no one would even remember it. I'll remember it. Well, you lived it. For a long time. But you want other people to remember this story, if they, if they need to remember the information that there's undead there... Then you have to help them do that. It's always interesting to see how the primary source compares to the derivative work. But you got a point there. You want people to remember things. You got to frame it in a way they will. Yes. That's the only way for a story to really last. Exactly. See, glamour sense. What's the use of telling the truth if they forget it? You got to boil it down to its essence. Decide what needs to be transmitted. And then build something around that. Like, if you're carrying a box of potatoes, it's easier to carry it in a cart. Carrying each potato individually, sure, that's the potatoes. But you need that cart to go around it. I maybe I need rocky. to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? Unless it's Rocky. How about not being the storyteller title? But she's interested in learning. So, do you mean adding more to the story? More details? Exaggerating? Think about it like a song. Mm-hmm. Why do you put anything to music? Do the notes add details? No. They help you remember things. It's the same way with adjectives. Ah, okay. So you, you're specifically choosing words to be more memorable. Aye, so that the idea that you need people to remember, so they hold on to it. But is there a composition? Like, so she's going to ask these things. <laughs> uh, she's like this all the time. Right. Glimmer, like... Goes over a little bit about... The theory of barding. Well, not not the theory of barding so much as music theory. A few different, like, percussive approaches 
if you need somebody to like calm down, that's a different kind of rhythmic approach than if you need to work people up. Okay. And how those things interplay with the words being involved, but also like physically affect people. You can amp up their heart rate and things like that. I think Heppel would like to try it. And I, maybe I'll just make a roll of whatever uh, default just to give it a try to tell the bat story, the bat battle. Oh, perfect. Oh, sweet. Okay, so you're going to make an unskilled verse check. Yeah. Which is just presence. Yep. Yeah, oh yeah, she's probably not going to succeed, but she definitely wants the experience of trying. Yes. In front of so the master. So do you ask to like borrow the tambourine? Like, are you going to attempt to do anything percussive? Okay, so the advice that they gave was to put music to it, but not sing it. Similar to, did I, no, we noticed the, what they were doing. They were talking about a rhythmic underlay, but you could just as easily apply it to, to song. Okay, uh, yeah, and I think the tambourine would be good because the bats were very frenetic and the tambourine seems like it could be. <laughs> we'll see if she and can apply that. Bats <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It may okay. seem, sound like a children's tale when she's done, but yeah, okay. so what is... The difficulty of this, you'll have an audience of two here. Yep. We'll just set it two purples. You can have a blue die from the tambourine. Or because... And the little bit of instruction you just received. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could let them continue to instruct me a bit, but at some point I would like to try it and see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then... I already say, add some notes along the way? <laughs> yeah, I'm like writing it down. I say, okay, so let, perhaps I can try. Ah, doesn't look so good. One failure. You are maybe still too clinical. Yeah, yeah. So... Go ahead and try. Tell us about the bats. Um, as if it oh, the is a failed epic. Maybe Heppa gives random details that don't have to do with the story, and so it meanders too long. Mm. You get distracted by your own story. Yeah, but there's the adjective. So we're walking down. Remember the adjective. <laughs> That's what you hold on to. The whole thing was just, oh, adjectives. And the tambourine. So Trickmanu and I were, were traveling down the cave. Maybe just like... She'll be very specific, like very simple with it. And we were beset upon by bats. An army of black bats. That's an adjective. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where it goes. And there was so much biting. So much biting. They were biting my face and they were biting my ears and they were biting my legs. And I think maybe she just goes on too long with that. You enumerate the body parts in which you were bitten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then the adjectives. <laughs> we were short of time. Bloody bites. <laughs> this is a failure. Um, so I pulled my crystal. All right, this is good. And then I summoned the snowy vortex. That snowy's got adjectives in there. And took down a few of the bats while Trick Menu encouraged me encouragingly. <laughs> Zulcher. Until we were aided by Mary Ellen Carter with very red hair. And then I was bit some more. <laughs> the bites, the bites. Yeah. Until we finally prevailed. But there's got to be some point where she goes off track, not with just the body parts. Maybe she keeps going with the story. And then it becomes... And then we spoke. We introduced ourselves. So if we can just... Maybe she just goes yeah. on a little bit yeah. too far for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't a despair, but it seems like that would be one failure's worth of adjective-y adjectives. adjectives. The information is all there. Yeah. But the snowy vortex, I think, shows that she learned a little bit. 
Do That's you the tale notes? of the Winter Sorcerers. Do you have notes? Yeah, so... What do we use for teaching? Maybe they can retell the story. Yeah. I think we're going to do a verse check here. Now, I'm going to give them a black die because they didn't actually live the events themselves. And, and the story wasn't that... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's difficult to tell a story when you don't have all the... Maybe it's not a good story. Yeah, that's that's failure with an advantage. So I think what we're going to do here is Glummer attempts to like be like, all right, this is how I would reframe it. But eventually is like, there's just... So many, so many things wrong with it. You know, it's like, you come down to the point where you're like, what's, what is the point of this story? What are you trying to teach through it? What are you trying to change with it? You can't just tell a story to say this thing happened. You say a story to change the listener in some way. I see. So the question is, do you want the listener to know you got to be prepared for bats? Do you want the listener to know you got to accept help when it's presented to you? Do you want the listener to know your friends are always at your side? What's the story about? Bat fight. Bat fight, not a good topic for, for a story. No, no purpose. No, no, it's a story of fire and ice. All right, tell us the story, Trick Manu. You were there and you have had the benefit of some instruction here. I think it's the story of the winter sorceress, trapped deep underground, far away from her home, beset by bats, armed only with her, her trusty sidekick and her, her freezing wind to ward off the whole swarm, another arrival wind of bats. But the freeze was not enough. It was a start. We needed the help of the fire, dashing through, coming together with its antithesis, the ice. Fire and ice together banish the bats. And when you melt ice, you get water, which is the substance of all life, which is the one bit trick adds from like, is that water <laughs> is the substance of life. All right, please roll. That is three successes. That. That is a story someone will remember. She sounds amazing. What was the purpose? That two elements can be better than one. I thought this was better than the Four Seasons idea I had earlier. Glimmer will add that both the cold and the heat are valuable. Not just like two things are better than one, but like you don't want people thinking that just because fire is good, ice has to be bad, or the other way around. Hmm. Ice gets a bit of a bad rap. Everybody hiding around their fire pits, sending off the dark with the fire, keeping warm, not liking the cold. But that doesn't mean cold is bad in and of itself. you got to have the cold snaps to clear out the plants when they're done with their season. Or when you're being attacked by bats. Or a bush. Put out a fire. I haven't tried that. That's true. That would be a good way to protect the forest from fire. Always put out your campfire with a nice freezing blast. It's like Epa just, like, invites, like, lectures, learning and stuff. Trek Manu. Yes. Would you like to learn a spell? Sure. Does this augment, or does it have a more specific name? Glimmer didn't actually use the augment version. Technically, it was cursed. Right. We can have Glimmer teach you both sides of it. Okay. Whatever you're comfortable with. So you're going to learn two spells. One of them is called, Is That How You Want to Be Remembered? I like it. And that is the curse. So that's what takes away an ability point from your target. The base difficulty of that is two purples. And that's assuming you're engaged. Plus one purple per range increment. 
The flip side of that coin is this spell called For the Ages. Mm. That's the augment version. Base difficulties two purples. That increases their abilities until the end of the caster's next turn. Is a verse check. Okay, so there are spells for verse. Is that yes. and is that an actual magic? That's an actual thing. Or not not specified. So Glamour is not saying here let me teach you a spell. Right. But this is like this whole bardic theory type thing that's been going on as you guys have been having your ale here. Right. That is the equivalent of Glamour helping Trick understand. Stories can have a point. Stories can have a point. They can have power. They can build up and they can undermine. Right. Which you were already getting to with the encouraging. You already kind of know. I was just saying nice things. It helped. That was what you thought you were doing. But you were channeling one of the fundamental powers of social <sighs> discourse. I don't think I'm going to take a point in verse from practicing it. It's <laughs> fun to try it. It was fun to try, but uh, you know maybe... Primal magic, more reliable. More clear what the goal is. Well, that you, takes practice. you can try things to get the experience, but that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be good at them. All right. Is there anything else you wish to engage Glimmer about as you recover over ale? Uh, we'll ask them, where are you headed next? See, that's why I was asking you how things were topside, if there was anything interesting going on. I've been down here a few months. Could use maybe a change of scenery. Yeah, or I mean, perhaps Knudsen could send someone else with you. I mean, we got along pretty well with Davin and Ford. I don't know if they want to leave the safety of their, their fortress, though. I think it'd be great to have along. Now, would I be welcome back where you're going back home? Some... I don't think we're going right back home. We were going to look for artifacts and... Oh, yeah, we're going to a southern battlefield. That is definitely from... <laughs> they were like... Why didn't you mention that? Yeah. <laughs> Anything interesting? I don't know. We're looking for artifacts. Sounds yeah. like there's a tale or two that could be made from that. Perhaps. Definitely. I don't know. Probably we should check back in. The, yeah, the water wasn't our primary. It was the just something we noticed. Wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Truth be told, like I hate dealing with the water, but it is important. It's a good thing to deal with. Trick Menu's father is a water dosser. One of the most... Critical careers in the Elvish Forest. <sighs> I can see you've been working on that one for a while. I'm well practiced. I hear it very often whenever I'm at home or out in the woods. The woods spread touches further than you think. I think you definitely come along. There's some interesting stories. You might need a catch in the human we mentioned. He's a bit of an oddball fellow, but he was friendly enough. The intent, I think, was for him to travel with us at least a bit. Yeah. It's hard to know with him. Yeah, Sorian did stab him through pretty good. Uh, Glimmer is going to make a check. I, I think he might take a little bit to get used to him. Yeah. And Glimmer is not going to remember anything, but is going to relax and enjoy this conversation and bask in all this recovered strain. Hmm, recovered strain. Mm, catch in, don't worry about it. You guys aren't hanging out with the next That's not a one. name I've ever heard before. <laughs> Whatever. Those human names all sound the same. <laughs> you don't really have I to... didn't write a story about it, so it's gone. You don't really have to be on guard with us. We're just, like, soaking it in. They can just relax. Yeah, and if you want to head south with us, I think that'd be fine. I don't see a problem if you want to come see what's going on in the forest. I mean, I feel like it's only fair. We got to visit in this Warfish home. You could probably visit... 
think I shall. I mean, Heaven's dad is an important noble. Your mom is one of the finest enchantresses. Oh, mother. Yeah, daddy knows a, a lot of things. He's a scholar. I bet he would love to talk to Adorf. Oh, yes, he would love to meet you. One doesn't often hear that an elf would love to talk to Adorf. I think he would, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, like, like to no, talk to... No, I mean, to... based on what Heppen knows about her father. He's... Maybe talk to... Would love to see a dwarf? No, I think he would love to talk to them. Inspect some of your instruments, maybe? Hear some stories? Things you might know about things he's interested in? Sounds like he might be a person worth talking to. I think so. Well, if you don't mind having some company. We're, like, building a party. Yeah. We've got, we'll have our dwarven bard, our human... Human necromancer. Whatever. Wizard. Sure. Wizard. Our half-elf bard. Just to be clear, you're not, like, declaring the glimmer that you have a necromancer. You're right no. Now, right? I mean, we don't no, know. No. He's, he's given us no... Nothing but circumstantial evidence <laughs> that he's a necromancer. No, Kachin's... He's a lot of fun. I would not describe him as a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude's all right. He's a little bit of a buzzkill. You know? But he's cool. He shared his food with us. Shared his you know, shelter with us. I was just trying to ascertain what was actually being said that Glamour yeah, would yeah. actually know. He seems quite patient to me. The guy just needs to eat more. True. Can I make a medicine check? You said Glamour was thinner than the others to see if that's just... <laughs> You're worried that Glamour is not eating enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm, curi- well, yeah, I'm sure. curious. Well, I'm curious. Yeah, make a medicine If there's check. like, if I can just tell that, that they're just leaner or if mm-hmm. it's like something else, maybe gives her a little bit of insight about like age or I don't know. As you said, there was some gray hairs. And I put a point into it, so I'm going to roll it. Two purples. Two advantages and three successes. So you are attentive to Glimmer, but you're not, like, asking to do a, a medical inspection. Yeah, no. So this is all just observational. And, like, Glimmer, like, welcomed you guys into their home and, you know, like, hung up their jacket and things like that. So you get a better look at, like, arms and just, and stuff like that. And how they move. Yeah. yeah. Glimmer seems to move with great ease and comfort. And your assessment is that Glimmer is fitter. A lot of the dwarves that you encounter today, they do purely strength-based stuff right. all the time. But Glimmer, like, travels and walks. Glimmer does a lot of walking, a lot of traveling, and not as much of all this heavy, like, lifting-type stuff. Okay. So Glimmer's not, like, bulked out with muscles. Right. The way a lot of these other dwarves are, but probably could outwalk them. Right. Okay, so then... And it seems to be, like, quite healthy. Okay. Maybe... No, maybe it would make sense for us to head home first. Then we can meet meet people. We need to resupply a little bit. We do need dead, what we found. But you, you can hunt. You caught that boar. Well, yeah. With a trap. Well, yes. But while we're here, we could just look for some more artifacts, just a little bit. Where is here in this country? Well, you don't mind. Basically outside the village. Well, outside their village? In the caves? Oh, no, not in the... Oh, do you think there's artifacts in the caves? Do you think there's artifacts in the caves? I don't think it's right to go treasure hunting in someone else's house while they're living there. Oh. There's a line between hunting for treasure and stealing. <laughs> I didn't say we would take it. And filling around in someone else's house... So you think we should ask first? Oh, but then we'd have to go back up and get Kachin. I don't know. Yeah, I think we should check back in with Kachin. I mean, he wanted to talk to your dad, too, maybe. Yeah. 
So maybe we should swing by back home. Look, home is just on the way to the southern battlefield. We just go through the forest instead of around it. That's true. We might as well look. If we have an opportunity to go through the forest, why wouldn't Would you rather walk in the hills or would you walk in the trees? Would you rather hike in the hills or dance through the trees? You're learning. Where do you think the artifacts are? The, the, the artifacts at the end. No, that's what I would rather do. we got to get there first. I see your point. So much for her trying to avoid her mother. <laughs> well, we don't have to talk to your mother. Good news, mother. You I can talk to... I have a human necromancer and a dwarven bard. But you I, can talk I to got my dad. rambles to work. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you talk to my dad and show him how good you've gotten with the dowsing rod? Oh, Hepa doesn't say that. But you do? Sure, brings it up. I could return his dowsing rod. I mean, if you want. While you guys are doing all this talking, uh, Glamour asks, you mentioned a crystal. Mm-hmm. Can they see it? Yes. Pull it out. So you guys are going back and forth about what your plans are and where exactly you should go, and Glamour yeah. is examining the crystal. I don't know that Hepa's like credulous and instant trusting, but I don't think there's any reason to not trust this person. But she does want to warn them, because she is also curious to see if Glamour can activate the crystal uh-huh. <laughs> and if ice comes out. Okay. But, unless they're familiar with crystals, it does put a pretty good ice vortex. That wasn't an exaggeration. Okay. So she hands it to them. So you guys discuss where you want to go, who gets to talk to whose parent. But perhaps you could try it once we get outside. Glimmer does not activate the crystal upon receiving your warning about conjuring up a snowstorm. Yeah. But Glimmer does examine it, and Glimmer does have a triumph on their successful role. Okay. As well as a couple threats. Yeah, I wasn't sure how easy it was, so I may just give them the warning as I, before I'm handing them the thing yeah. so that they don't... Basically, I don't want to destroy their nice apartments. Yeah, yeah. They take your warning. They do not activate it. They study it while you guys are talking. Have you seen something like this before? She wants to know if they have an opinion about this thing. Yes. Glummer says that they have seen something like this, not this exact type, but something similar. There are different types. <laughs> so many questions. Hepa can always ask so many questions. And they will show you where very, very, very lightly etched mm-hmm. into the crystal is a rune, ah, indicating that this is actually a dwarvish manufacturer. Is this what the rune masters make? Glimmer will admit to not being party to the secrets of the rune masters. Oh, that's a mistake. And so not knowing like precise details about how they achieve their work, but their work always ends up marked with a rune. A rune. Is it something I can read or recognize the symbols of? Do I have any? Okay. It is not a word. Okay. It is a symbol. symbol. Okay. And is a symbol of power. Okay. But we found it in a human battle, didn't we? I guess I didn't... We found it in a staff that had a spooky skull on it. Glamour will tell you there's plenty of historical precedent of humans commissioning dwarves to craft things. Okay. To hold crystals of power. That makes sense. I have a human-made knife. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, it was just an interesting fact. So, do you know if it's 
could power anything, or is it specific to ice or water elements somehow? Or is that something that I'm bringing to it? If you have any information. <laughs> so they do know that such runes can channel magic. Mm-hmm. And that for somebody who is particularly attuned to a certain style of magic, like through training or through experience, they would be able to pull more power through than just anybody can do this. And then Glimmer triggers the snowstorm and destroys their room. You warned them, but they had two threats on this. Okay. okay. And so they, they wanted to like be like, eh, yeah, for the dramatic flair. Anybody can do this. And then like, <laughs> yeah. Just like, yep. Straw goes flying everywhere from their mattress, and then they like, hand, hand the shirt back over to you. Someone could have burgled your room after you left. You know, I mean, it's no skin off Peppa's back, but now she's at least seen what, whether or not they do this ice with it. So yes. that was, Glimmer, she's happy to see it. Glimmer gets the same snow vortex that you got out of it, that Trick got out of it. Okay. And tells you that somebody with the rune skill could do more magic with it. Okay. So anybody can conjure the vortex. Someone with runes can work their magic through the crystal. Okay. Interesting. And I will now give this piece of paper to you. I might have to put some stuff into discipline. I forgot about how much. So discipline is only needed for the the sort that anybody can do with it. Okay. Otherwise, the rune skill is needed, and the ranks you have in knowledge lore make the checks better. Ah, okay. As of right now, attacking with it is the only thing that you would really know how to do. Okay. Runic magic can do other things as well, but this crystal is not the way to really learn how to channel things that way. Okay. Once you know how to do those things, you could use this crystal to channel it. Right. But your experience right now is mainly attack-related. Okay. So you have a better understanding of your shard, and you have some bardic spells. Yep. And you have a dwarf who's agreed to come with you back up to the surface. Yeah, come up with us. And you have some dwarves who, on the morrow, you are going to, like, tour some facilities and point out stuff to. Yes, as per the agreements. So, if you are comfortable with it, I will just narrate the wrap-up of this dwarf The place doesn't come down and drown us all. It does not collapse conveniently upon your entrance here. So it turns out that this is kind of like all like a strip mining sort of issue. They're churning up, exploding things as fast as possible. They're rushing it through processing and it's getting in the water and all the side products and everything like that are what is getting into the aquifer and moving along. So it is definitely a function of their explosive technique and the amount of ore it produces that needs to be processed that is accelerating these dangerous things entering the system. And when you get a tour of like the mine itself, you can see certain amounts of cracking on their side, but there's also like fissures or fractures or whatever. There's stress cracks that could be going up further that they were not really concerned about because of how they're all situated here. But they accept that they need to scale back their operation, that this this process of just using blunderbuss 
powder to explode things. You're destroying as much iron ore as you're harvesting. So, that's the deal. They agree to scale back their operations and also maybe investigate just doing it further away so that it's going on the other side of the continental divide or whatever. You know, away from the water table. Yeah, so so they will look into those things. Civil engineers are like, oh, this place is going to come down. That's what we've been saying. So you, you spend that extra day down here and... Um, there's a little bit of, of discomfort repercussion from, like, the ride the night before. Like, not all dwarves are super happy. But you are, like, now part of, like, the official party of, like, walking around and inspecting the all these locations. Thing. So, like, nobody actually gets up in your face about it. It's more just kind of, like, grumbling of, like, these elves. So I'm prepared to call an end to the dwarven adventure there. Okay. I think that's good. Unless there's other things you guys need to ring out of your dwarf experience. <laughs> That's what I was going to call it. I was like, what other information could I ring out of people? But you will have a dwarf accompanying you, so... But there we're going to go up and report back is what... How quick they report back... I mean, did they want to send somebody that would relay the information back, too? And then Glamour can just travel with us? Sorry, who's sending a report to who? Well, so they were to come up and see what the problem was up there, but I didn't get oh. the sense that Glamour was coming back down. I mean, they're, they're, they can check that out whenever it's convenient for them. Yeah. They Probably don't. they can schedule, like, have someone be up here next time they blow a hole somewhere. Yeah. It's probably, it's a matter of, like, saving face. Yes, we're sending these elves back. They have a dwarf with them. Like, more so than it is a, like, so, go tell me there's a swamp up there. Yes, there's a swamp up there. Or like, to, or to look at, I kind of assume they'd send up in civil engineers or whatever. I was just thinking Glamour was just coming with us just for fun. Glamour is just coming with you <laughs> for fun. But also, I don't think Dwarven's civil engineers would be able to make head or tail out of, like, there's a swamp. Okay. Well, can we drain it? I don't know. Here's Hissick. Hold her hand. So. Yeah, I mean, they can do whatever they're going to do. They okay. want to spin it like that. Once Hepa understands that it's a spin, she's. Yep. All right, so as I understand it, you are going to go back upstairs, and then your intention was to return home? I think that makes the most sense. Do that first, and then go on. Because so we, we, we found the thing your dad wanted. We have to go gather Tachin. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right outside. That's on the way. We'll go back. But then we got to head right back out. So we can't stay long. We'll you know, stay for a day or two. Let Glamour catch up. Well, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure... You know what, but that's, is that a commitment? Peppa doesn't think about it. Is what a commitment? We were still going to look for artifacts with Ketchin. Well, yeah, we'll come back. We didn't back. really agree to anything. Yeah. <laughs> look, maybe he won't even want to, maybe he's happy with what he got. Or with coming back out. Yeah. Yes, I think I'm just dreading seeing Mother. She finally admits. Yeah, Aunt Pena's pretty intense. I don't think this will satisfy her. What are you talking about? You can make... You can make, like, freezing wind. I don't know any sorcerers who can do that. Well, we shall see. Classic Kappa response. Yeah. I'm not promising anything. All right. You guys can get 15 XP. You investigated. You negotiated. And you have put to rest the long-standing plot element of what is the deal with the water. Congratulations for defeating the water. Woohoo! The side quest. I feel like that wasn't a side quest. I feel like that was a that was a quest. From Peppa's perspective, I guess it was a side quest. Yeah, that's like book one. 
Now, as far as what you were interested in, follow-up pursuit, it sounds like the Southern Battlefield is the I'm next sure would like to go, because he knows that's something important happened there, that his parents are part of. Maybe swing by South Tower in the future. I'm sure Lamar would love to check it out. I mean, to be honest, we could easily get distracted by a hundred million things, so... Yeah. But it's important to have things to be distracted from. <laughs> All right. The end. GM Jennifer here. The Battle for West North video game is a turn-based strategy game. Gender identity and sexual orientation don't factor into it. However, tabletop role-playing is an immersion into a full world. For me, that means a world populated by a diverse cast, just like real life is. Although I don't necessarily introduce characters by explicitly announcing these things, as the GM, I make that the reality in the game. You may have noticed that Glimmer is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. This campaign includes characters who are, among other things, non-binary, gender-fluid, transgender, homosexual, bisexual, and asexual, just like the world we inhabit does. You may not always realize when a character has one of these traits. Again, just like in real life. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Wesna by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0 part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience. <laughs>